You're, You're listening, listening to Youth and Loud! The show that's quiet about the trivial things, but loud about the important things. We discuss all issues relevant to youth. If you'd like to find out more about the show or have a topic idea, check us out on Facebook and give us a shout by searching Youth and Loud. On this episode, we chat to Maya and Sarah, who will share with us their experiences of migrating from Syria to Australia and their podcast, Refugees On Air. Welcome to Youth and Loud, Maya and Sarah. Uh, To kick us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what life looks like at the moment? Thank you so much, Nathan and Peter, for having us here. We're really, really, really glad to be interviewed by you guys. Yeah. We're obviously 16 years old. We're still in high school, so we're in year 11. Yeah. Outside of school, we volunteer at SIN radio station. Mm-hmm. And within that, we've started our own projects like Refugees on Air and um, Amplify. So yeah. yeah, it's really good to volunteer at SIN, so that's basically... Yeah. How everyone knows about us, I guess, because of sin. Awesome. Um, And we know that the show uh, Refugees on Air has been quite successful so far, and you won a number of awards at SIN, um, including uh, the Best Under-18 Volunteer Program. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about what the experience and what the the journey uh, producing Refugees on Air has been like uh, so far for you? Yep, so we actually got the idea around September last year, and uh, when Sarah actually proposed it to me, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do that, because I wanted to do... a big topic to tackle. Yeah, I wanted to do one about movie reviews, because that's what I, like, was passionate about back then. Yep, and then Sarah actually convinced me into doing it, into Refugees on Air, and she just came up with the name on the spot. I was like, okay, that's fine. So it's a good name. I like it. Thank you. It's kind of like contradicting itself because it's a podcast, so it's not on air. But sorry, no one's noticed yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, and then, so I did my work experience at Sin, and I told Fiona, the um, one of the workers at Sin, about refugees on it, and she really liked the idea. So we kind of planned it out, set a sheet of goals, and I just went, you know, through with that. And now we've got what, like what, six, seven, six episodes? seven episodes coming. And yeah, it's been like a it's long a journey, journey for all of us, yeah. all of like refugees and our support network and SIN and ourselves. Um, but so far, we're just getting more passionate about continuing and having fun. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so what uh, do you hope to achieve from doing, uh, I guess, uh, Refugees on Air? What's your main uh, vision or goal for that program? Um, I guess that we just want to make sure that people around us have a better understanding of what refugees go through and how much impact they have on the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we just noticed how much negative impact the media has on refugees and asylum seekers, so we wanted to show them kind of a different side, side to it with all yeah. these amazing stories that we get to hear. Yeah, we and just wanted to like amplify the voices of, of these the, refugees, the yeah. refugees that we hear about, and we like read articles about them. That's how we got into contact with most of it, of, of the people we interviewed. Mm. Um, and so, just yeah. yeah, show everyone that you know the success and how inspiring these people are. Yeah, that's the main goal, definitely. Awesome, um, and I think it is a, a really fantastic uh, concept and, and show refugees on air. And for listeners, you can check it out on Omni. Yeah, on and iTunes, Omni. Yeah. Um, so I understand that when you were both 10 years old, uh, you and your family migrated to Australia from Syria. Yeah. Um, what do you like most about Australia and what's some of the best memories that you've had so far uh, in Australia? Australia. 
I guess I like the diversity here in Australia because mm. it gives you like a bigger perspective on how the on different cultures and, different and better cultures. understanding and more like more open-minded about um, people. Yeah, and definitely made us both so like so open to new opportunities, new experiences, mm. and yeah. meeting new people. Mm. And for me, I guess the opportunities that are provided for youth, a lot of the opportunities that are provided for youth, like there there was. There was um, a lot back in Syria as well, but definitely not as much as there is in Melbourne and right. in Australia as a whole as well. And um, most fond memory in Australia. Hmm. Well, back in Syria, we didn't have like swimming carnivals or athletics or cross country. Okay. So when we yeah. came or into school sport for that matter, and then when we came here, um, like you take the whole school to the swimming pool for one day. I find that amazing, and I cool. and I always go to swimming carnival. Yeah, always, always contribute, yeah. like dress up and have fun. I think in Australia there are so many more opportunities for youth like us. Yeah, in Australia there's heaps of more opportunities provided for youth like us in all of areas of interest for young people. Definitely. Um, so when we came here and we discovered that, we tried to make make the most out of it. Um, yeah, we just try to use every opportunity, try at new school things. school or out of school. Yeah, yeah, at school and out of school. And all these, like, different subjects offered at our school is really... Like, we do cooking. Really cool. like, that's yeah, crazy. We never did so anything cool. like that in Syria. Yeah, yeah. definitely that. How's, um, how does Syrian food compare with uh, Aussie food? You can't compare it. <laughs> Syrian food is just top. <laughs> okay. it's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the fact that Sarah and I grew up with eating, like... The best food cooked by our grandmas and our right. mum and, yeah. and yeah. dad. Um, it's very different, but the Australian food is good too. But mm. like, it's because it's like multicultural. Top. Yeah, nothing. What is Australian? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> meat pies, fairy bread. Yeah, yeah they're good. pretty much meat pies, <laughs> potato mash, veggies, simple <laughs> oh, yeah. Australian meal, I guess. Yeah, yeah. no, we um, we love that as well. But yeah, nothing tops our you know traditional food. When you came to Australia, was there anything that really shocked you or stood out about the country um, and its culture? Um, people walked in the street barefoot, and I was like, how was it hygienic? <laughs> right, <Yeah. safe." laughs> do you guys have um, thongs interior? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. nobody walked not, barefoot. Not barefoot. <laughs> no, okay. no. Jeez, I'm in bare feet now. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. We're we're inside now, yeah, so that's all fine. good. Yeah. But we've definitely like learned to accept everybody's differences. So. Also, right, okay. yeah. um, like the flavors of chips, I found really weird. Okay, go on. <laughs> I was like, like chicken flavor. Like, yeah. what? I don't know. Now I came to accept it. Obviously, it's good. There's sure, like, yeah. there's like, there's the really different like, chips flavors. So what? Like, what's crackled, like, yeah, crackled common. pork and wine? I'm like. Yeah, you get crazy chips these days. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, cream and sour cream and onion and stuff like that. And they're really both nice. duck one. Sorry. Oh. Is that the, like the peaking duck flavor? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, that they get crazy. crazy flavors these yeah. days. Um, so what would be like a common flavor in cereal of chips? Um, um, original vinegar. There's obviously cheese. Just like the the oh, main. Yeah. But sure, like yeah. the normal ones, <laughs> yeah. I haven't been there for like six years, so I don't know what they have in store now. <laughs> but definitely, when I came here, I was like, I don't know what to buy. At, like when I went to Coles, I'm like, I, we didn't know like anything about the snacks, and yeah, I still yeah. don't to this day. Like oh. when my friends say, oh, like 
do you want one of these? And I'm like, I don't know what they are. They're right. like, I was like, I remember, remember, like, I didn't, I didn't grow up here. One thing, one yeah, thing you probably just me. got to the stage where you were just blindly trusting people. Yeah, exactly, yes. probably. But there was one thing where I was like, um, I didn't know whether something was cheap or like expensive. Oh, yeah. Like, um, like, I don't even, I think I bought like a milkshake at Queen Vic Market in year seven for like $5 and it was like this small. Everyone was like, why would you spend that? And I was like, it's just like five dollars. Like, how, is that is that too much money yeah, for a milkshake? Like the, so um, the currency is yeah. a change. So I had to like learn to think like, oh, is that too much for this? Like, what does this come down to as a Syrian currency? Or yeah, something? we oh, kind no, of no, tried no, to compare it. No, yeah, no. but you know, it's, you can't compare that. Now, yeah, it's but definitely that. <laughs> Little things like that. Okay. So for any listeners, including myself, who might not know a lot about Syrian culture. Can you tell me a bit about Syria and what what I suppose it was like um, growing up and living in Syria compared to Australian culture? I guess like Maya said, it's very different because the people are very diverse here. Oh, the the pe- lifestyle. And the yeah, people. the people okay. are very um, like a lot very supported by the government here. Um, um, there's a lot of support networks like local councils and um, radio shows and community centres and every like everything like that. It's very different and it's always there to support people like to get a job or, or have a loan or start a podcast or anything like that. So I think that main thing about opportunities always goes back to that for me personally yeah. is all the opportunities we've had here and how much advantage we've taken of them mm. yeah so i guess you're saying that compared to um assyria australia has more opportunity and a lot more support from the government as well um, yeah in terms of different things you, you want to do yeah right? definitely there's a lot more variety of things to study and to learn and i yeah. think that's why people come here that's why my dad came here to study in perth university mm. um before before we were yeah. born so um that's definitely one of the big reasons why people migrate here and why we did as well yeah um so what are some of the um so i guess you came to australia when you were about 10 years old um mm-hmm. what was like life like before you moved to australia and what are some of the best memories you have from from syria yeah so it was wonderful yeah was. we loved it like yeah. we grew up there we we learned our values we met our like childhood best friends for life we were surrounded by like our entire family yeah we so had was, a really big family it was a really yeah. nice environment um we you know we didn't know what we we're missing out here in australia but honestly we didn't care because we had no. all our family here and we, we were just happy like we yeah. were just kids we were doing, learning and going to school and yeah we were doing really well in school and i remember we had a really um big group of friends that we would like always go out with on weekends with all our like mums mm. yeah. they would sit on like a really long table and gossip while all the kids would be <laughs> yeah. at like the play center and yeah. stuff like that so, um yeah it was it was very uni- it was a unique experience and i i, I won't like i will never change that yeah. if someone told me if i could just like um spend the rest of spend all of my life here in australia, in australia i would say no because mm, sure, yeah. um it like it, it shaped, shaped us yeah it, sh- it yeah. literally it shaped really shaped us into who yeah. we are today yeah. and i think my fondest memory of that is when i was at a girl scout well me and my were at a girl scout it was always on friday nights and one one time we had they had like a activity where we would like where um, we would light someone's candle someone we've like hurt or like gossiped about or something like that and it was like the most heartwarming thing ever mm. and it was so good to just like yeah. um, connect with your friends and it was it was really really nice and just the whole thing being in a scout going to church um 
having fun at school and learning all these different things and mm. being surrounded by a family. It just really added into who we are today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember, yeah, the scout was probably like one of the one biggest of the things that we've we've done before we left. Um, I remember we learned so many things in there. We went on camps. We I remember Best we learned like the Morse code for some reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we just we had so many like really good activities that I really it definitely, enjoyed. Yeah, definitely shaped us into who we are. We'll we'll never take anything we so get that, here for granted. Yeah. Can I um can I ask? I've heard it said before that Australia and perhaps other societies, which are uh, Western societies, mm-hmm. can be quite individualized. As in, there's a lot of focus on on self and the individual. Mm. Um, would you say that uh, one difference between Australia and Syria is that in Syria the sense of community and the sense of family is a lot stronger yeah, than what it is in Australia? Yeah, I definitely 100%. agree with that. And I think we really, we really, really saw that. Yeah, mm. we did because we don't have like a lot of family. We just have our immediate family in mm. Australia at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely you know, felt that difference. Yeah, and felt we, we questioned it. We were like, why, why is this so different here? But yeah. every, every country is different. So we just came to accept it. Yeah. 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 We didn't try to change it. We just kind of adapted to it. Mm. Mm. But I guess that kind of made our immediate like, kind of like connection with our immediate family even so stronger, stronger now yeah. because right, okay. I was just them. We didn't have our, our cousins or our um, uncles and aunties. So yeah. definitely improved our you know, connection with our parents and sisters. You're, You're listening to Youth and Loud! In life, other people might be in circumstances where they have to separate from, from family, um, mm. whether it's their uh, extended family or in some situations even their immediate family. Yeah. Um, how did you guys manage and, um, I guess, work through that difficulty of being separated? So um, we made sure to stay connected with all our, um, 100%. Yeah, all our cousins and aunties and uncles and grandmas over social media. Right, yeah. Um, we also had a lot of family friends here who were supportive. Yeah, we, they definitely helped a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, when we first came here, we spent two weeks at one of our family friends' house until we kind of like settled in more, found a house and a car and such. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the support from our family friends has really, really made a difference at the start. Yeah. And... Um, I guess just um, having to rely on your immediate family more, and yeah, it really brought us together. More. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, and just like and made us value family. Yeah, so, so much that, more. That's very true. We like I I value Maya a lot. If I don't show it, <laughs> um, we definitely became closer as a whole family. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess would you say that uh, one point for someone who um, is is in a situation where they can't be with their family mm. is to surround yourself with other people anyway who yeah. can support you and encourage you and help you yeah, to yeah, I mean, move through that? I mean, family is irreplaceable, but you still have to make sure that you don't like block that everyone out of your life down mm. on you yeah you have to make sure that you kind of um, surround yourself with people who are still as supportive as mm. as family, yeah, family yeah, yeah yeah definitely and just be connected with them and know that they're supportive of you no matter how far away they are do you guys mind me asking what were the circumstances like um in syria when you guys all decided to migrate um so the circumstances kind of reached like the edge of I feel like we left at, at the, the best right time, time yeah. at the right time because right. we didn't really see much of the, the war going on. Yeah, of all the conflict. horror, yeah. <laughs> all the conflicts uh, down in Syria. But um, 
I guess we, we, we definitely left at the right time because there was nothing serious going on, especially around our, our city, area. our area, definitely. Yeah. We just heard, you know, on the news or someone would just whisper about it at school. Or, um, we did have a bomb threat near our school where we had to evacuate, so that was probably the biggest impact yeah. on, on us because yeah. we were just kids and we were just trying to understand. Yeah, what was I remember it was, it was during year five we had a... We were. Uh, it was during our music class, yeah. and the teacher got a phone call from her mum, and her mum was like, "Oh, you really need to leave the school. There's a bomb. It's like it's gonna kill everyone." Yeah, it's um, pretty legit. And I remember she packed her stuff and she left the classroom <laughs> with like I don't know how many like thirty, 30, 30 um, ten-year-old kids just sitting there wondering. Like it was What's really cha- it was really chaotic. It was. It wasn't actually at the school. It was. Um, it was like, a, like far away, yeah, but it was. It was, it was near. So, but they were just scared it was going to impact our school. But thankfully, yeah, I I do remember like we did have a substitute teacher by one mm. point, but um, a lot of my friends were crying in the class, and I was trying to calm them down. But then I started crying as well until my older sister Jude came. She knocked on the door with her friends, and uh, I went and opened it, and she was like, "Why are you crying? Like it's it's just a threat. Like it was miles away. Don't yeah. worry, you know, no. you're gonna be fine." And I was like. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely different, but we left definitely before anything serious started. Yeah. So you guys basically left before anything actually boiled over. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And yeah. we were we were young as well, like ten years old. We don't really take anything in, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We were kind of just in our little bubbles, we yeah. trying to block everything out and just live our lives normally. Yeah. 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 But I think my parents really. They Realized. made the courageous decision to leave at the right time because they knew mm. that situation wasn't going to get better, any better. It's just going to worsen. So, yep. yeah. so what was the uh, process like moving to Australia? Mm-hmm. And what have been some of the main challenges when you did come to Australia? I remember my parents telling us, oh, there's a chance that we might be moving to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I remember asking them, oh, is it going to be forever or just like maybe a year or two until like things settle down and... I can't really, I don't think they gave me an answer for that, but, um, or we thought like we would go and then we'd come, we'd come back. Yeah. Like just, just as a, like a, just a bit of a holiday, I guess. Sure. Was it really? Yeah. Well, I saw like that in my mind. interpreted that at the time? You thought it would be like a long holiday or? Well, I just, I just didn't think it would happen. Mm. Like I just, I would remember thinking and just crying in bed thinking there's no way we're just going to leave everything behind and just start a new life in a new country. And um, yeah, it was just like I just couldn't believe it really at that at that young. Yeah, age. at that age, you were so attached to everything around you that it was really hard to was, let go. Mm. It was um, the only thing we knew really. Exactly. Life back there. Um, yeah, so, but it did get to a point where we did have to move, and I remember like our parents got a really big van to put all our stuff in. Our family like got into it as well, and they waved us goodbye at the airport. Um, it was tough to watch, but yeah, um, it was. Yeah, so we came on a skilled immigration visa here and in May 2012, so nearly six years. Yeah. Yep. And, and was that with your dad's line of work? Is that why he was able to get yes. there? Yes, yep. yeah. yeah. And um, definitely some of the challenges, as you, as you asked, we definitely faced kind of not, not being able to fit in, definitely in primary school, because yeah. we did six months at a language school. No, yeah, language the language school. school, it was, I remember... The first time we stepped foot into that, we actually had to do a test to see which level we were at. 
and um, we both did we both did good, but we, we both did well. Needed us to stay six months in the school. Yeah, and when so they told like, us that, I came out and I was crying to my mom and dad. I was like, they're gonna put us in year four. Like, right. I don't want to do this. I actually remember this very clearly. I was like, I don't want to do this. They're gonna have us put down, and I. I was devastated. Like yeah. I really didn't want to be behind everyone else yeah, my yeah, age, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, it just because we were very like we were fairly sure. successful academic students in oh, Syria. Yeah. And a little sure, bit. Yeah. So having told that like oh you have to stay yeah. back in in this language school to develop your language, we were like that's weird. Like we've never had to do that before. Mm. But yeah. thank thankfully we did, and it really really helped with like, our grammar it and. Did. Our, conversation skills and everything um so we after that we went into year six in 2013 yeah and that was probably the toughest year since we've been here it was definitely bad i think especially for me because i just didn't find good good enough friends and i was caring so much about what other people thought of me and i was so afraid of like making the wrong move or making a mistake or saying something someone might find Mm. offensive so um that definitely was a hard time for me but i guess i kind of Meanwhile, I kind of, you know, connected to each other and just supported each other through it and my family, definitely. Mm. And one of one teacher, especially through primary school, she helped yeah. me a lot. Yeah. So I guess the biggest challenge for you guys is just fitting into a strange society when it was so mm. different from Syria. Especially, yeah, yeah, just as kids, like kids in your six can be so immature. And yeah, they can be really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just getting used to that whole different um, lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, and I remember I was uh, really self-conscious about all the clothing that we had for some reason. Yeah. Because the first, like, few months... Um, we just wore our clothes from Syria. Yeah, we and I remember it was, just, it was just so different. I hated what I, I hated, what, like, what I looked like. I hated what I was wearing. It made okay. me very self-conscious. Uh, but obviously, I guess everyone goes through that phase of you know yeah it just I kept comparing myself to a level where I was like I don't even want to be at this place anymore yeah um but uh, we started high school the year after in year seven and it was on our orientation day we found our classes and I didn't have I had like only two or three kids from my primary school in it and I just like um left when the day ended I just left and started crying because I was like I don't know anyone this is the worst Mm, thing ever I I want people that I know people that I can talk to but honestly, it was probably the best decision that was made for me at high school to separate me and Maya into two different classes. Yeah. Because right. I made the, a wonderful friendship group that I still hang out with to this day. And um, it, it was kind of easier than primary school because everybody else was new at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that definitely made it easier. Yeah, and, and our grammar has improved really, really well by year seven, obviously. And um, this continues to, you know... Yeah. get better and make new friends and have fun yeah you know normally when people go from grade six into year seven it's hard enough to jump into that high school yeah and i remember i was quite nervous going into year seven and i've been in australia my whole life but this mm. is because all the kids are so big yeah and i'm so You're small like at and the end of the hierarchy but to have you know a new culture on top of all those different factors that yeah. kids normally have going into year seven just adds i guess to the um to the challenge of fitting into high school and I guess mm-hmm. trying to find your place and find your group yeah, a little bit 100%. so I guess just support from friends and me trying to put myself out there and me meeting new people and trying to make the most out of high school definitely helped you know um, ease our way through yeah, it increase our confidence as well yeah. mm-hmm. um, it just made us realise like 
Um, we're really lucky to be here. Yeah, we are. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You're, You're listening, listening to Youth and Loud! Yeah, I think it's, um, I think listening to uh, some of the episodes you've done on refugees and air and mm-hmm. hearing you guys chat today just makes me think how fortunate that I've been to, to grow up in Australia and how mm-hmm. careful I should be to not take things for granted. I always think about that actually. Um, when friends of mine just complain about simple stuff or don't want to participate or put themselves out there, I always think like, wow, you have all these things right in front of you mm. and um, you're like still complaining or you're still taking things for granted. And mm. especially when um, they talk about family and like, oh, I'm going to my you know, auntie's house, oh, I don't want to go, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could say that. I wish yeah, I could. So that's yeah. definitely one big difference that we had to, you know, learn to understand to. and adapt to, yeah. Um, so coming back to uh, the experience in uh, grade six and I guess year seven, was part of that uh, experience in some bullying or was it more just uh, trying to fit in and find your groove? Um, it was a bit of both. I guess that because we were trying to fit in, we kind of didn't really focus on making any like good friends. Mm. So we kind of stuck to a couple of friends who didn't really treat us the best that we were you know we deserve to be true (laughs) but yeah um we were both really sensitive yeah we still we still kind of are it was just like um little things like excluding us from like activities and like birthday invites or just um like like after school hangouts yeah just like the smallest things that i like find so unnecessary now um, they were the biggest things in my life back like, in year six. Yeah. Yeah. So that definitely, you know, kind of kind of felt like they were excluding us. And I don't know if people call that bullying, but to me, I definitely felt that it yeah. was bullying. Yeah, I remember I actually have a diary that I started using oh, in 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still use to this day. I write in it every, maybe, like every time a major event happens in my life, yeah, I sure. write in it. Um, so... I remember there was one where it was like, I hate what I'm, I hate what I'm wearing. I feel so different out of, like I feel so out of it. I want to go home. I miss my old friends. I miss my best friend Jenny. Mm. And um, you rated your day, didn't you? I used to rate my primary school yeah, days, okay. and I remember like most of them were like a three or like the best you would get is like a seven. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, I I remember that clearly. I should have brought it with me. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but it's definitely made us stronger people and, mm. you know, um, helped us to start this podcast as well. Yeah, because yeah. I guess it's so hard coming from uh, an environment where you very much did fit in and you already had friends and I guess mm. you felt comfortable and settled um, back in Syria mm. and then coming to Australia and I guess having to go through that process of um, wanting to feel accepted, wanting to have a sense of belonging mm. um, and I guess that being a bit difficult maybe for no other reason than there's a cultural um, cultural yeah. difference mm-hmm. yeah I guess it just made us um, tougher with everything at the end so it mm. worked as an advantage at the end which we were very thankful for mm. what would you say to I guess any listeners who might go through a bullying experience or they might uh, feel rejected or excluded from friends at school um, what could you say to I guess encourage them or to um, give them a sense of hope if they're going through that mm. I guess I'll definitely say that you should know your worth. You should make sure what's negative in your environment and try to take that out. Or maybe it means that you have to take yourself out of that negative environment to make yourself feel better and to improve your mood. 
mm-hmm. um, make sure you seek help as well. Help like it's you have it twenty four seven, so it's available everywhere. Yeah, you so make sure you seek it because there's so many resources out there for mm-hmm. people who are dealing with problems like this. Um, there's there's always people willing to help. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that when I was struggling with bullying and everything but there's always someone that you can talk to even if it's a teacher or a parent or another friend there's always somebody who's willing to listen to your story and provide advice even on the other end of the line you can always rely on someone even like there's so many resources and and at the end of like it's it's going to like it's going to stop one day and you're going to learn that you're worth more than that and you're you're um cared for and people care about you and um at the end it will definitely make you stronger as a person yeah 100 percent well for me as well when i experienced bullying it kind of taught me that wow i would never want to have the power to make someone feel like that ever again Mm. so i i always try to stay positive to people and remind them of how much um how much opportunities are around them and everything like that so it definitely teaches you and um, it inspires me to help other people who are struggling with the same thing. Yeah, awesome, yeah. yeah. Uh, like other people's opinions and their words don't define you. By the end of the day, yeah, it's absolutely. only what it's you do, point. your actions, your words, and how you present yourself. That's yeah. that's what defines you. So, what has been some of the main contributions that um, have helped you get through the difficult times? Uh, definitely, just having Maya as a twin sister. Yeah, that's uh, probably the main one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like. Um, Having that support network and it's kind of like um, you don't need to ask someone to go to the movies with you or to like come with you somewhere. Yeah, you kind of shopping have, with you. You just you, you just kind ask of have like a best friend like twenty four seven. Even though there are disadvantages of that, yeah. like yeah. she may wear my clothes without asking or you know say something like I don't know. But um, it it the advantages definitely outweigh. The yeah, disadvantages. Yeah. So and just like um, my parents, obviously our ma- major support network, they've always been there for us, and they always yeah. will be there for us. So they, yeah. you know, they gave up their entire like careers and jobs their and life. homes and families just for us to have mm. better opportunities. So we definitely want to give that back in our, our studies and refugees on air and achievements like that. So I'm aware that there might be people listening to the podcast who um, are migrants or refugees and they may have moved to another country, but they might, I guess, be finding it difficult to settle mm. in and to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, what would you say to give a sense of hope or encouragement to any listeners who are in that situation? I guess um, for me, it's just like... There's people like us who want to listen to your voice and want to listen to your story. Mm. So, um, and that they're welcomed here. There are so, so many people that think bringing in refugees is a great idea and have seen the positive outcomes of that, like yep. we have as well. Mm. So, there are people who will accept you 100%. And all you need to do is probably try to put yourself out there because once you do people will start recognizing you they'll see your hard work mm. and they'll be more welcoming towards you yes. and not just towards you towards refugees as a whole because you'll be that person so say one no one's like you're talking with this person who's never met a refugee before and the only thing they know about is what the media shows so you're representing kind of all, all these people all these different backgrounds different countries and experiences 
I know what you're trying to say though, because yeah. in Australia we're, you know, the Aussie culture is led to believe, you know, they're just here to take our jobs exactly. and yeah. everything like that. So but we don't realise that people do come from, you know, war-torn countries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To realise that and to break those stereotypes that are mm-hmm. set for refugees, 100%. Yeah. Like, you're that person that's doing it and it's so important and you're worthy of doing that job, so yeah. Um, so do you think that, I guess, one key to uh, support and help someone who might be a migrant or refugee would be mm-hmm. to, to share your story? Um, yeah. Whether with uh, someone that you've met as a friend, whether it's a, a podcast or something like this, just yep. to get your story out there and share your own experiences. Yeah, I think it's a very, very courageous decision for a refugee or a migrant to share their story because mm. it might be something It might be something that they... Personal. It's, it's personal and they don't want to share it, but once... You find the courage to talk about your life, talk about your story and all the challenges and obstacles that you went through, um, you'll feel more comfortable with you where will. you are now. And you'll start to adapt to the changes around you and your, the new opportunities that you've got. Mm. So, yeah, sharing your story definitely, it helped. I feel like it helped the refugees that we interviewed. Yes. And it yes. helped us mm. as well understand all the challenges that they went through and mm. what where they are, how they are now, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I guess... On top of that, um, like if someone shares their story, it gives them a sense of uh, worth and significance. Like it mm-hmm. lets them know that their life matters and is yep. important, and their story matters and, and you know it, it's cared about. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one of the main reasons why we do refugees on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. You're, You're listening to Youth and Loud. So what advice would you give to any families who are thinking of migrating to another country and what do you think are some of the important things to consider before moving or what preparations should be made before moving? Um, well, definitely, like, research the country. Mm-hmm. Um, people, people, always, uh, well, people always move for different reasons. Everybody mm. thinks, oh, they just moved because, you know, there's war in their country or there's crisis or anything like that. But people move for opportunities, they move for jobs, they move for love, they move for a lot of different things. So don't just assume that there's war in their country. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think be prepared to let go and be prepared to be open to new uh, yep. to a new environment because you're putting yourself in a situation that you've never probably never done before, mm. and it's gonna it's gonna be very challenging at the start. I can tell you that it's not gonna be easy, but it's you worth do it. have to yeah. definitely worth it. But you do have to uh, be prepared, like open minded. Um, to everyone around you, and to, to be accept able to, and to adapt to your yeah, new surroundings. to be able to adapt to your mm. new surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're saying that one of the uh, important ingredients would be to expect it to be challenging, expect exactly. it to be hard, particularly for the first you know, year yeah. or two. When yeah. 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 It it will be, um, but there's always going to be a time where you're going to just sit down and relax and be like, wow, I'm, I'm here mm. and I've adapted and I've got a job and a happy life and you know, yep. I'm yeah. doing well. Yeah. Uh, I understand that um, after school you both want to continue working at CIN and also uh, study further. Yep. Um, what future plans do you have in terms of media and uh, just in general as well? What are your plans and dreams for yep. the future? So um, after high school I'm planning to go to university and I want to study uh, international relations, cool. something to do with politics as yeah. well as media and film, more into filmmaking. So mm-hmm. not really radio, but filmmaking. Because I've had a passion for movies 
for a really long while and I've just picked up global politics as a VC subject and oh, nice. I am so interested in it and I okay. have the best teacher. So, <laughs> um, For me, I think um, I definitely want to go to university after school and I want to study science, mainly astrophysics because I really like stars and planets astronomy. and astronomy oh, yeah. and everything like that. Sci-fi movies. <laughs> and Ooh, for yeah. media, it's just a way to help me continue on with refugees on air hmm. because um, until we're 26, we'll be seen <laughs> dead. So yeah. um, we've got 10 more years of refugees on air coming. <laughs> so I definitely want to keep going with that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned uh, before, I've listened to a few episodes and I think you're doing an awesome job with the show. Um, so you, yeah, I definitely encourage you to to keep up the good work and yep. there's no doubt that's having a positive influence on people who listen to it and as well as create awareness about um, refugees and about their stories as well yep. um, and, and migrants so uh, 100% yeah I do want to I want to learn filmmaking because I do want to become a director one day oh, yeah. and I want to make a film that will challenge people's perspective of refugees it will cool. like I, I really I want to raise awareness through a movie that people will um People will relate to re- it. Will stick in their minds. I want to create mm. something like that one day, and that's why I'm doing international relations to help me get perspective mm. and film as well. So, like that's when I'm older, I can combine these two things and make a movie. Beautiful. It sounds like I guess in in different ways you both have a passion to make a difference, yeah. and in, particularly in relation to refugees and migrants, even though they're different angles. So. My yeah. friends were telling me yesterday they were um, they were talking about us on the phone and then they said like you're you're going places with the show, like it's it's gonna be big, it's gonna be that and that. And I told them like yeah that that's good, we like we want that but the main thing is we want to share those stories. That's the main thing. Like mm. um even if as you said before, even if one person listens to your story and it's impacted them. That's that's all we care about. Um, definitely, uh, that doesn't matter about you know fame or the photos or photo shoots or you know interviews and things like that. It's about just sharing those stories and amplifying the voices of these refugees so more and more people can hear and be inspired. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the, the end of the interview for today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to to mention or to add in in relation to what we've been talking about? Well, you can listen to Refugees on Air on Spotify now, and I didn't can, know yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you know of a migrant or a refugee, and you may be feeling like they're um, they're not feeling welcome in an environment in the environment that they're in, just offer a hand. You know, ask how they are because it could really make a difference to the person that is suffering. Yeah, just yeah, be aware of people um, around you. Even just a simple conversation can change someone's so, life. So um, I think that um, that that leads to a really good question. Maybe I can ask you one more question. Go ahead. And that's um, you know, if you are aware that there's a refugee in your class at school or at uni, mm. what's the best way to support that person? I think be friends with them. I don't think there's one way to um, just help a person. I think every person wants to be helped in a different way and wants to be approached in a different way. So there's so many opportunities you can help new people arrive to your country. You can. Mm. You don't have to help that person directly. You can, like, as one of our teachers is doing, she's volunteering at Asylum Seekers Resource Center to teach English to Asylum Seekers awesome. because after listening to our podcast. So. Uh, just simple things like that 
and just asking how their day has been, maybe asking mm. them what the, they have for lunch or you so, know, sitting with them. With yeah, lunch. Oh, with, mm. sitting with them for lunch and simple things like that can really, really, really go a long it way. Will, it yeah. will definitely make them feel like they belong somewhere, and that's probably the main thing that humans want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, to feel belong. Cool. Also, thank you so much, Peter and Nathan, for having us here. Like, yeah. it's, it was really nice to sit and talk about ourselves for an hour, <laughs> just talk about what we're passionate about, and uh, definitely, you know, um, helps us with our podcast. And we'll definitely share this around so everybody can listen to your podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for for coming in and giving up okay. a part of your day to to do it. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been a privilege. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode of Youth and Loud. Thanks heaps for listening to the show, and we'll catch you next time on Youth and Loud.